Hello, you are listening to the Rude Health Podcast with me, Hayley Food Ninja, where I aim to bring you all the latest tools, tips and strategies to help you create your own version of healthy without a kale smoothie in sight. Enjoy the episode. Today, for my very first episode that I've recorded, I'm very excited to have with me Terry Cook, who is driving instructor extraordinaire, podcaster. I'm going to talk to him a little bit more about that later on. Terry, thanks for popping my cherry. (laughs) Oh, I don't know how to respond to that. Um, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, I have, I'm delighted to be popping your cherry. Really. Thanks for having me on and, and giving me that privilege. <laughs> so can you tell us all a little bit about you and your business? Uh, yeah, so you kind of mentioned the driving instructor stuff there. I'll, I'll focus on that to begin with. And, and that's essentially what I am. I'm a driving instructor. been doing this uh, six years. I run my own school um obviously spend a lot of time in the car and and teach learners and teach people that are past to want advanced driving and refresher lessons help people with a theory so i'll be on zoom helping them with a theory created all kind of theory test courses just started expanding the school and taking on new instructors uh and then there's a whole host of things around that regarding podcasting and magazines and all that kind of shizzle as well wow so you're like a sort of driving instructor like personality like a celebrity i'm not sure i've got that far but yeah i'll I'll take that yeah so how long have you been running your business i became a driving instructor about six years ago but when i Mm. first started i was with a national franchise right so technically i was still self-employed technically it was still my business but it never felt that way yeah Uh, it was middle of well towards the end of 2019 when I parted ways amicably you know there's nothing wrong what they were doing but I went completely independent by myself and uh, so yeah so about three years there almost and um, yeah and then then COVID hit so (laughs) that was fun. It was difficult period wasn't it for a lot of business owners. How do you think that your health has changed over this past six years? I'm sure we're probably going to expand on you know what happened in lockdown down and quarantine and whatever but you know if you think about when you first started your business and I always think people you know we're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed aren't we and all that kind of stuff how do you think your health has changed over this past six years of running your business? I think when I first started it was decent it was okay Mm -hmm. sort of health-wise and then gradually got worse and worse and worse and shitter and shitter and shitter to a point where everything wasn't very good picked up again you know i worked with uh, a wonderful human being that you may or may not know called Haley. um that started picking that back up again and i'm probably back up so i'm probably a little bit better than when i started now actually mm. but yeah it, it just that that idea of the self-employed the the hustle the fact that you can't sleep the 4am club and if you're not getting up at 4am you must not be doing your job properly and, yeah. and grinding into all that took it all wrong affected me badly and yeah the health plummeted and but thankfully it's picked back up. So do you think you know when you started your business and you mentioned all those things that you know I fucking hate right all that hustle and grind porn as I call it like oh my god we like get up at 4am like did you feel under pressure to like be part of that culture because you were a business owner or do you think that your health you know suffered just for the pure 
effort of just getting a business going? A bit of both. I think as a, a driving instructor, when I first started, uh, one of the big reasons I opted to do this was because you're in charge of your own hours, you're self-employed. Mm. So you can come in and essentially do what you want. But then you start getting all these students and, oh, well, I can do more hours and make more money. And how much money can I make if I work 16 hours in this day? So yeah. there was a lot of that to begin with. And then uh, the sort of initial circles I surrounded myself in um, were a bit different. It was, I hate this term, but just driving instructors. Yeah. So th- there was nothing beyond that. They weren't necessarily looking at like running a business. They were looking at it more from the point of delivering lessons and getting paid. Yeah. So I then started falling into that trap a little bit. So I was working less hours, but there was no business around it. Hmm. Then when I decided to make it a business and expand a little bit and include things like uh, theory test training and the courses I made and the podcast, that's when I started getting more involved in the the business circles. And that's when that pressure came on of, right, you know, you've got to be on it from 5 a.m. till 12, you know, midnight, and if you're not Hmm. doing it. So I think it was like a, a lot of different, impacts I never fully stepped back from any of them I guess kind of like you say you know initially I I was the same as well when I started my business I just thought I was a service provider that's what I was doing it was all you know and you know my business as you know because you've been on the receiving end as it were is very client centric and you think you're going you know you're doing fine you're booking clients in everything's going great and then you suddenly realize fuck there's all this other stuff I was supposed to have been doing at, at the same time I think a lot of it was I always doubted myself. You know, there was always just a massive doubt. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I would so I would see person A doing the hustle and grind thing, and then Mm. I'd be all into that because that must be the right way. Then I'd see person B that would be the exact opposite, so I'd do that. Then all of a sudden, I have no no income. So Mm. it was like I was always following someone else. If I'm being honest, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, but it was working with you, really, that had a big impact on that because one of the big things you regularly said to me, and I will use your language, was it's your fucking business, Terry. You're in charge. Do what the fuck you want to do. And and it took a, a lot of that, admittedly not just from you, but it took a lot of that to, to sink into my brain to make me realise I need to work, make this work for me rather than just following the suit. And I think, you know, that's such a good point because a lot of us, once we get into the sort of like trenches of running the business, we've completely forgotten why we wanted a business in the first place. Like you said, you wanted a business because you wanted to work the hours that you wanted to work. That reminds me of that meme that you see going, oh, it's great being a business owner. You can choose which 18 hours of the day that you work. It's about always reminding yourself, what is that why? A lot of us have given, you know, given up the security of a wage because we want to design our life exactly as we want it. And then what happens is we just become a slave to our business instead of to someone else. So it's really important, isn't it? I think to every every few months to start kind of going like, why did I start my business? Am I living the sort of life I want? Am I getting the free time I want? Am I have I got enough energy to enjoy my free time or am I just permanently fucking knackered? So it doesn't matter how much free time I get, you know? Yeah. I would agree wholeheartedly. I think it's all about balance. And sometimes that means there'll be weeks where you do work really hard and Mm. you don't get a lot of free time, but you're doing that. So then there'll be weeks where you don't have to work as hard. And, and, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with that, but it is making sure you've got that balance. And I think the other thing that I picked up from you is the the choices. It's it's your choice. So there's, Mm. you know, this evening, as we're recording this, it's a Friday night and I generally don't do anything work-wise on a Friday night. 
However, that doesn't mean I won't. I might decide, yeah. you know what, I really fancy recording a podcast off writing a blog. Great, I'll go do it. But that's yeah. because I'm choosing to rather than exactly. I'm mandated to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's right what you've said, because I think a lot of people think that, you know, if you're anti-hustle and grind, which I like to bracket myself as, I guess, they think it's all about, you know, oh, you like have to be like fucking Tim Ferriss, where you work four hours a week. And I'm going to, you know, if you work with a health coach who's anti-hustle, they're going to tell you, oh, you need to close your laptop at three o'clock. And no, I don't do that. I'm a business owner as well. So we know that, you know, if I've got to do a launch of a product or something, I am going to work work really hard but as long as you plan in the reciprocal amount of downtime for that you know so if I'm doing a launch and I'm working 12 hours a day next week I'm probably going to give myself an extra day or a couple of afternoons off just to go and recover from it but I think you know that's frowned upon by a lot of people because they're like you just don't want it enough like why aren't you working all the time it's just such a a weird culture isn't it we're not in the 80s anymore (laughs) No. And I think there's a bit of experimentation that needs to go on as well. I think one of the things I found was, because Fridays are generally almost always my day without driving lessons. Hmm. Now, I'll do a lot of other stuff on those days, whether it's sort of website work or podcast now, whatever. But it's quite a relaxing day for me because I've no driving lessons. But what I found was that I wasn't having a relaxing evening because it was always in the back of my head, I had to go to work tomorrow. So mm. I made sure that Thursday evenings, well, Thursday afternoons and evenings are now free. And I find that Thursday evenings are my favourite day of week now, because yeah. I know for what I don't have to get up and do a load of stuff the next day. And the stuff that I'm going to do is my choice anyway. Yeah. And it's stuff I enjoy doing. So Thursday evenings are now brilliant. And it, it only came through that experimentation of, well, why am I not enjoying this? What can I change to to make my enjoy, yeah. myself enjoy my time more? Yeah. How long does it take you to feel like Thursday you are doing what you want rather than, oh, this is a bit naughty, like I'm not doing work on a Thursday and everyone else is? <laughs> does it feel a bit odd maybe for a little while? If I'm being honest, I think it still feels odd. I think <laughs> yeah. it does. And like it's exciting school. <laughs> yeah. Now, when it feels less odd is when I stay off social media. Hmm. That that day that I decide to not work and not do anything and just have a day to myself, if I wind up, you know, doom scrolling or whatever on Facebook, then I start to feel bad because yeah. I'll see everyone else, oh, hustle and grind, hustle and grind. Oh, well, I'm now sat here not doing, not enjoying watching Spider Man No Way Home for the seventeenth time, <laughs> and it's like, but if I stay off the phone I'll enjoy the day a lot more Hmm. because there's no outside influences impacting me so that's really interesting how it kind of impacted your health there was almost like this kind of like dip and then a sort of you know arc upwards enter me stage left (laughs) (laughs) which is my next question how did you know for, for those people who don't know Uh, The reason I know, Terry, through various business Facebook groups and whatever, but you were actually a client of mine, weren't you, back in 2020? We worked together for quite a few months, wasn't it? It was about five, six months, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was six months, yeah. Yeah. Um, So what made you decide that you needed someone to help you with your health and how did working with me i sorry i want to say working with the coach because it makes it sound very egotistical when i'm like how did working with me uh, but you know what i mean <laughs> so how did working with me impact your health and your business and why did you decide that 
it was that particular time that you needed help. Uh, right. Okay. So I think the the thing that made me decide I needed help, I, I had tried a few people, and this is no disrespect to anyone else at mm. all. I think everyone that I've worked with, either whether it's been uh, sort of health wise or business wise, they've all helped yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but I felt like I needed something different, and you're quite different in the <laughs> nicest of possible ways of saying that. <laughs> Um, you, you are genuinely a breath of fresh air when it comes to this stuff. In the, you're not afraid to tell me to shut the fuck up or crack the fuck on or whatever it is, you know, whatever term you want to use, you're not afraid to do that, but also back it up with why. Hmm. So I think that I, I, I needed something different, something, like I say, something different, a breath of fresh air. And I think that I'd got to a point where I was just tired all the mm-hmm. time, just tired, fatigued, not just physically, mentally drained. Uh, yeah. And I think that the biggest thing that my physical health was impacting my mental health more than anything else. And that's not in the best of places anyway, generally. So for that then to be dragged down more because I can't be bothered walking 17 steps is yeah. is, is a great. So, you know, when I came to you, I think that the the single biggest thing above anything else was not being afraid to do little things rather than feeling like you've got to do everything. You know, I all, and I still fight with this to this day. You know, I, I could work with you 17 years and I would still fight with this. <laughs> it's that it's idea a, that... It's a common business owner trait, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> yes, I'm now bracketed with all the other business owners. Um <laughs> But no, it's that. It's like, what's the point of doing it if I'm not doing it on this magnificent grand scale? You know, what's the yeah. point of trying to lose weight if I'm not losing free stall in a week? Mm. And it, it was working with you that made me see that you don't have to lose free stall in a week. You don't have to lose anything this week. You might lose yeah. some next week. You know, one of the big things that you drummed into me that I, uh, I, think, I don't think I've come across anyone else that says this, but was weighing myself every day. You know, everyone else I would speak to, I'll say, I'm, like, I'm sure there are other people that say it, but everyone else was always weigh yourself once a week because you don't need to see it. And you're like, no, weigh yourself every week. See those fluctuations. See yeah. that one day you'll wake up and weigh six pounds more, even though you're not eating all, you know, and so I found that just by taking not being afraid to take it one step at a time and even you know right back at the the start because when i came with you i'd I'd recently gone vegan Mm. and i was still struggling to find and adjust to this new diet and you were just like the first thing you told me was eat more protein and i can remember not being off put by that but being like well that doesn't sound like it's gonna have a massive impact why should i do that extreme enough yeah surely you should be telling me to go do crossfit or something but (laughs) But it was doing it one step at a time and starting mm. off by eating more protein. I think like the first two weeks or two or three weeks, that's all you had me doing. But it's also realizing that that's putting something else, excuse the pun, but putting something else onto my plate. Yeah. Whereas if I then start putting 10 things onto my plate, all of a sudden it becomes harder. But just by doing it one thing at a time and acclimatize for this thing and then go on to the next thing, all of a sudden things get easier. That's my, the one thing that I, well, there are lots of things that I remember from working with you, but, uh, you know, that was that first I think my battle in the first few weeks was, you know, you you wanted to do have these big gestures towards your health, didn't you? You wanted to make like massive changes and and felt, you know, many of us are in that mindset. One of the most difficult things that I have to get across when you run a business, your MO most of the time is if I need to do something, I'll just do it harder, better, faster, longer. I'll work more hours. I'll just like really throw everything at it. If you do that with your 
health, you will fail. So, you know, you've got this business owner brain, which is going, but, you know, this tactic that I've used to make me successful with everything else, why is it making my health shit? Why doesn't it work when I'm trying to get healthy? So I think it's quite common, you know, that kind of like you want to change everything all at once. But that was one of my greatest joys of working with you is seeing this kind of like, oh, my God, like I don't actually have to do loads of shit that I don't like. Yeah. Um, the joy isn't then admitting that you were right and I was wrong. That's not always oh, I get that joy all the yeah. time. I'm the most smug person to work with. It must be really annoying. <laughs> A little bit. And- <laughs> a lot of my clients are like, that is so annoying that you're always right. And I'm going to sound like a dick for saying that on my first ever podcast, but I don't really care. <laughs> I think, but again, though, you 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 wouldn't argue the point unless you were certain it was right. Mm. You know, working with you, it's not like you just argue over everything. You, you know, yeah. ultimately, as much as I was working with you when you were offering advice and telling me or suggesting, however you want to phrase it, what, yeah. what to do, still my decision whether to do it or not. You know, Absolutely. you're not. So I don't have to take that advice, but ultimately that's what I've come to you for. I've failed in my health up until that point. Mm. You know, if I, if my health was brilliant, I wouldn't be coming to you for help with my health. Yeah. So it would be silly not to take that advice on board. But, you know, I can't think of examples actually, but I can remember coming to you and saying, look, I want to try this or, you know, disagree on this. And it's almost, you were, there were times when you're saying, okay, cool, do it, try it, see what happens. You know, it was never uh, do this, do this, do this, do this. Yeah. And everything was always backed up. Everything you said was always backed up and explained. And but it, it was just that. It's like, well, surely if I'm not going to the gym seven days a week, this isn't going to work. That's what everyone says online. I know. And it's just, you know, I really like to encourage people to treat themselves as an experiment. Because like, you know, when you've come to me with saying, oh, I want to go and do this, even though, you know, yes, I'll say, well, that's not a good idea for you in particular in your situation for X, Y, Z. And if you're still not convinced, the best way to convince you is to let you go and do it. Because then you'll be like, ah, right, okay. Because it doesn't matter how much I tell you, you know, that's not going to sink in as much as you experiencing it and going, ah, right, okay, now I get it. You know, sometimes that's the quickest way to get people to do stuff. It's like, let them do stuff that, you know, isn't going to work. Um, you know, I think that's really important to let people, you know, um, to guide people and let them come to their own conclusions instead of just telling people what to do, because, you know, that doesn't work, I don't think. And, and you were also good at, at framing it different ways and you would compare it to what I do for a living. And, you know, mm. I, I take the similar approach with my learners, you know, well, let's let's stall the car. Let's do it wrong. That way you know yeah. how to fix it and you know how to do it right. And it's just yeah. a similar process. Yeah, no, that's a great example as well. I wanted to talk a little bit about the particular um, considerations that we had to make, like for you, because obviously I work with lots of different sorts of business owners. And, you know, you've all got, you know, we've all got the generic business owner challenges of feeling quite isolated, spending a lot of time on your own, you know, being busy, that kind of thing. But for you, there were like a few things that, you know, that's the favorite part of my job is figuring out well, what's the thing that, you know, makes this this person's life difficult in terms of their health and I think one of the things that we didn't think about so obviously I'm you know encouraging you to do things like drink lots of water and then we're suddenly realizing well 
Terry can't actually drink a shitload of water first thing in the morning because then he's just going to be sat in a car for hours bursting for the toilet, basically. (laughs) So, you know, we had things like having to consider, like, how were you going to stay hydrated, but also be able to concentrate on your student instead of concentrating on the fact that you really wanted the toilet. (laughs) So I think there was that, wasn't there? And, And also, you know, sitting down a lot, you know, you were obviously sat in your car a lot and, do you want to talk a little bit about how um, you managed to fit in some sort of steps and stretching in particular? Well, it's bringing me great joy that on your first ever podcast episode, we're discussing my bowel movements, which is brilliant. <laughs> but I mean, I will mention that actually, because again, it was it was thinking about that that made me reconsider my diary. Because I, I used to start driving lessons at 8am on a morning, and that was never a problem for me. But that, as you were saying, impacted what I did before then well I pushed my lessons back now I don't start before nine and most days I start at 10 and some days my first lesson's at 11 Mm. which means I can get up and I can have some water and have some breakfast and then I've got time to let it do what it's doing and then crack on the rest of the day so it's it's, it was thinking about rescheduling the diary and and that was also what came into play with stuff like steps and whatnot Mm. because I was one of those driving instructors that would have the absolute minimum time between lessons because you know time is money and if I squeeze them in I can squeeze an extra hour in or I'll be home earlier or whatever. And, you know, sometimes there'll be 15 minutes there. Sometimes there'll be half an hour to nip to blue and then go to the next one or whatever. And I think you were like, well, let's try increasing that to an hour and then like 90 minutes because that was initially what we did. And it's like in that 90 minutes between lessons, it's awesome because now I'm getting steps in and often it won't necessarily be anywhere scenic, but I'll, you know, go pull up at Morrison's and I'll walk around car park of the long way to go into Morrison's and I'll go up and down every aisle um (laughs) you know to get my steps in and I'll get like two or three thousand steps in in between lessons and then you know coming back to car this this was the one we joked about it was true you know I've been doing yoga outside at car and you know (laughs) I've had people beep at me before now when I drive past. I'm like in down dog pose or something like that, which is quite, quite humorous. I really love, um, there's a photo of you that I remember that I think you might have posted in the Facebook group, I think, wasn't it, in our in our client group, of you literally parked up on the side of the moors and you're doing some kind of like weird stretching <laughs> just on the side of the road. Well, that was it. It's like I can, I don't have to do it in Morrison's. I go pack up, I've got time to go to Morrison's, go to Moors, get some fresh air, get some steps and then do some stretches it's brilliant i get some funny looks and uh I, I think that most of my industry um wouldn't agree with what i was doing well it, it's it goes back to what i was saying before it's what works for me you know i've mm. i've had a bad back for years since i worked on building sites years ago and it, it's it's the yoga it's the stretching that's stopped that becoming a problem and you know i'd stop doing that and just yeah. doing little bits in between lessons was massive but also a bottle tower things and they're like i'll i'll just do like 10 minutes meditation or I'll I'll use like 30 minutes to go and do my social media stuff. Yeah. Then I don't need to do it when I get home. You know, yeah, so just relax and exactly budgeting that time has enabled me to do a lot more that I wasn't previously doing. Yeah. I think um a lot of business owners don't do this. You know, like you say, it's your business. Like if you, you know, who says that just because you start your driving lessons at 8 a.m that, you know, till 4 p.m. is your working day. You can't. If you want to do 8 till 12 and then take three hours off and do the other two lessons later, like, why can't you do that? I think it's really odd that a lot of business owners are stuck in this nine to five mentality, even though, you know, they can do what the fuck they want. It's just, it seems, I think it, it takes a lot of getting used to, doesn't it? Yeah, 
and I think sometimes we take a step back. Like for me, I I work with a lot of different people every week. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's like twenty different people a week, and they've all got different working patterns. And it's like everyone has. We live in a twenty four seven culture now. And however, mm-hmm. that's hardly a bit whether we should be working over evenings yeah. and stuff. But we do. So it's really easy for me to move my students about and be like, okay, well these days I'm going to start nine. These days I'm going to start at ten. These days I'm going to start at eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, two evening lessons a week because I've got people that work nine to five or whatever. And you know, it's I think that. Like you say, we're a bit set in as ways sometimes. I think just taking a step back and just write your ideal week down. I think that was something I did. I can't remember if that was you that made me do it or not, but just when would you want to work and when would you want to be at home? And it boils down to that thing of not being afraid to do what works for you. Exactly, exactly. And talking of things that work for you, one of the other sort of big things that that we uh, worked on was the fact that you decided to uh, become a vegan have a vegan diet for ethical reasons that's right isn't it yep. and we looked at you know because you are actually the only vegan that I've coached one-to-one because as you can imagine my style does not generally attract <laughs> an awful lot of vegans because um, you went through this big transition didn't you where you were like you wanted to do this thing because it was you know congruent with your beliefs and your values but also you don't have a lot of time and you're busy it was very easy for you to basically grab like vegan junk food essentially yeah. wasn't it and yeah. a vegan diet is it is quite difficult to you know cook healthy food from scratch because you know it's 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 not as convenient as grabbing some cooked chicken breast for your protein and stuff like that so can you talk a little bit about how you kind of the the ver- various stages of vegan diet where you eventually got you know came to one that was healthy uh, but also convenient and fit in with your time and your lifestyle and that kind of thing yeah I mean initially I opted to go vegan um it was like I can't remember the date but it was like a July and it was mm-hmm. Sunday and I decided I'm going vegan tomorrow and then I went ask oh, her I'll go vegan today and then I looked into the fridge and I'm like look at all this meat and cheese who's gonna eat all this <laughs> like, no, I'm vegan. I've got to do it. And I realize I've, I've, I've nothing to, to cook other than mm. like rice and mushrooms. So initially, I was actually quite a healthy vegan because I got really excited because I just changed my mentality from I can't have this to look at all this amazing stuff I can have. Yeah. And I cooked all sorts of stuff to begin with. Mm. And then we came out of lockdown and lessons went back and my finances had taken a massive hit. And I knew I had to work a bit harder than I'd, I'd like. And because of that, my time to make meals and stuff did drop down. And that's when all that that vegan junk food came in and there's a lot of really nice vegan junk food out there stuff <laughs> I didn't have Tesco's onion rings and um Dorito sweet chili is it sweet oh. chili the red ones you know those Tesco onion rings yeah. when I got COVID so I got COVID right at the very beginning I think I've told you this got COVID right at the very beginning of the first lockdown and I did kind of lose my taste the only thing that I ate for about four weeks because that's I I was really ill for about four weeks Tesco's onion rings crisps and very thick Marmite on toast because they're so chemically artificial <laughs> like those onion rings they're such an artificial strong chemical taste um, delicious <laughs> but yeah. obviously not the best for your health but that's all I could really taste so yeah I'm with you on the Tesco onion rings <laughs> yeah. and I mean I just discovered all this stuff I'm not going to make this a big vegan rant but I discovered yeah. all this stuff that I didn't know I mean it's, uh, I think it's Tesco's do these jalapeno burgers they're amazing <laughs> 
really yeah. nice. Um, but anyway, so I've moved on to all this junk food, and again, that impacted my health a little bit, but not massively because I was just eating normal junk food beforehand. So I actually went from eating normal junk food to quite healthy vegan diets to eating really bad vegan diet. Uh, and I think that's when I came to you, and, and, and the epiphany moment was, and I think this probably speaks more, more to my upbringing than anything else, was I'd got some, uh, like, going to do air quotes on a podcast but ham um yeah, some vegan and, ham exactly and i'm putting in my sandwiches and i'm working out this protein because you'd force me to eat more protein and, and whatnot and i'm like oh well i can't get all my protein from this and i remember telling you went just put all the ham in the sandwich i'm a fully grown man i'm allowed to put as much ham in my sandwich as i want <laughs> when did this happen I think I was like 38 and I'm like 38 and I've only just realized that I can put as much ham as I want in my sandwich. <laughs> banged all the ham in, banged all the salad in, bit of Branston. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, best sandwich ever. And I've got a shitload of protein. Yeah. And it was that was a weird sort of epiphany moment for me. Mm, I remember that very well, actually. So in terms of all those kind of really positive changes you made, so obviously you improved your diet, we looked at steps, your hydration, you know, even being more organized. I think we talked a little bit about time blocking, you know, early on, didn't we, and how to design your day almost. So do you think that your health has had an impact on your business? Yes, Um in a few different ways. I, I don't think that, I think one of the great things with you was, I think you realised, and I, I suppose I did as well, that it's not like one massive thing. There's mm-hmm. lots of little things that are the issue. So I think that's how the business has improved. It's lots of little things. Yeah. You know, stuff like the choices. I make the choices now, as I said before, I'll choose. I'm not working tonight or I am working tonight. And it, mm-hmm. it it's, it's my choice. I also find that I have more energy generally. And that's a big one because I, I mentioned before about I was always tired yeah. and it just it felt depressing that mm-hmm. I ain't got energy to I mean I walk the dog but I didn't enjoy walking a dog because yeah. there was no energy there I didn't I wasn't enjoying the lessons as much because I'm just kind of sat there comatose almost yeah and I've just got more energy like it's on a lesson now I jump in and I'm all bouncy and I'm you know having fun with them more and so there was definitely an energy thing there it's, I think it's helping my focus a little bit as well yeah weirdly it's maybe not weirdly but it's given me more self-confidence so little things like if, if on a driving lesson for example if I was asked a question by a student I didn't know the answer so there would be a panic there would be whatever yeah. and and now I'm like oh, give me a minute let me think about that or let me check that for you it's like yeah it's built up my my confidence I'm sleeping better now sleeping was never a huge problem but it's no. improved like the time I'm sleeping hasn't changed but my quality of sleep has improved uh, and yeah. you can see that on my sleep scores from my Fitbit so I'm waking up in a better frame of mind which is getting me into a better start of the day and i'm not waking up diving straight into a computer again there's times i do but it's for a choice so i think there's just lots of little things around the business that is just making it easier and more enjoyable good i think the other thing i neglected to mention there was when i was speaking about energy was i used to do my lessons and then i would come home and i would be like a vegetable on the sofa or in bed just cocked Mm. out no energy, no nothing. Now, I can work 16-hour days. Not saying yeah. I do or should do, yeah. but I can. 
because I've got the energy from everything else I do and because I get the balance right. So I make sure that when I am working, because I do sometimes work 16-hour days, but mm. those 16, 17-hour days, the work side is the stuff I enjoy. Yeah, I, I try not to do the stuff I don't like doing. So, But I couldn't do that a year ago. Yeah. I would do my six, seven, eight hours and I'm done for the day. I haven't got the physical energy. And now, because I've got that energy, I can just add more stuff on. Yeah. Like enjoyable stuff. And it's just, not easy is the wrong word, but there's no issues there. Speaking of enjoyable stuff that you've now added to your repertoire. So obviously when we started working together, you had your driving school stuff and it was, it was you know, very successful and whatever. What's happened since then, as I mentioned, you've become maybe a little bit of a driving instructor industry celebrity and you have not one, not two, but three podcasts, three successful podcasts. And I know that you're writing for magazines and doing all sorts of kind of extra stuff. So first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your podcasts and your extracurricular stuff Uh, and secondly whether you feel that you know having that concentrated period of really sorting your health out has allowed you to kind of like as you say branch out and do more kind of still business stuff but things that are really enjoyable and you know and I know certainly from the podcast because they're very successful that are probably really you know helping you in terms of like confidence self-esteem and all that kind of good shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sorry, that's a massive question. Yeah. I'm clearly still not a very good podcast host, but you know, I'm I'm just going to throw those questions at you, Terry. I know you can deal with it. Well, that's pressure. Um, I will start off by being a complete cock and saying four podcasts, not three. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, do you know what? I'll, I'll run through them quickly. So, there's a five minute theory which is aimed to help people with their theory test. Yeah. Uh, driving test tales, which is aimed to help people with their driving test. Uh, the Instructor Podcast, which is aimed to help driving instructors, which you were a lovely guest I on back on season yeah. one. So they're all kind of the driving-related ones there related to business, and they do help that, that business a lot of ways. They supplement it, um, and they're bringing income and all that kind of stuff as well. Then there's the other one, which is more of a – it's not a hobby is the wrong term, but it's a, it's a pleasure project. It's a, yeah. a joyous – it just brings me joy, which is Decapod Podcast, yeah. which is a podcast all about pop culture across the decades. And I – I'm technically at the show Sidekick. That show is run by the the magnificent Emma Morgan, uh, yeah. who is the, my favourite review from that entire show. Was Emma is very uh, Emma is lovely and endearing. Terry is very northern. <laughs> That sounds like a quite a good representation to me. Yeah, it's very accurate. So yeah, so so running those far, I think, and this was again going back to how you initially helped me. The first one was a five minute theory. Well, that's five minutes. It's quite it doesn't take an awful lot of work. So I yeah. bedded that in, and when I got used to doing that, right? Okay, let's do the instructor, and then I bed that in, and then I go on to the next step of the next step. So rather than like two years ago, I've done it all at once. I just do it step by step, and and also it's learning my triggers and learning my signals and, and when there's a problem. So mm-hmm. knowing that oh, this is getting a little bit much now. I think I need to uh, end one of these seasons. You know, I'll end this five-minute theory season and put that on the shelf for a few months and move on. And it, it's fascinating looking at 
how those um, how I'd worked on my health, applying that same process to the business, to the, the the podcasting, to all this other stuff. It's fascinating how applying that same logic actually then benefits it. The biggest thing there is what I said: it's just learning and learning how how far can I push myself? And I push myself to the limit, and it's like right, oh, that's my limit. Okay, yeah. ease back off. I know I can go this far, and, and it's like I say on, on on Fridays, they're my day when that's my podcasting day, and I will happily spend from nine until 9 p.m. doing podcasting stuff and it's brilliant and it brings me yeah. so much joy it's not like a job it's just pleasure it's just enjoyable but again how I've learned from that is I will you know if, if I was recording this podcast if it was the way around I would record this podcast once I'd done pause step away go get some water definitely not Pepsi Max water <laughs> head out into the garden for half an hour and just sit on my car and listen to the birds. I won't even go for a walk. It's just getting out from behind the screen, yeah. getting some fresh air, relaxing, then come back and edit. Whereas, you know, a year ago, two years ago, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't mm. be, oh, I've got to get this done now because after this one, I've got to do this one. And it's just applying that same logic of just seeing what works, trying what works and and, and, and building on from it. And because of that, as I said before, I've got all the energy to do it. And it's just bringing me in all this awesome good stuff. Uh, you know, people coming to me to ask me to help with a podcast, people coming to me to ask them, right, uh, magazine articles for them and, and you know be at trade shows and all this kind of stuff which is just amazing and that all stems back to my health getting better because I couldn't balance the work and life load that I have now with my health how it was two years ago and even though and I will admit this and you maybe not the best thing for me to say on this show I have put a little bit away on since we worked together but it's it doesn't feel unhealthy no you know I, I want to drop it back off again. I still didn't get quite get to where I wanted to be, and I still want to change. But it's not unhealthy. It, it was—I don't know. I'm still quite a healthy person. I still get yeah. my steps every day. I'm still eating healthy. It's not. There's nothing dramatic. Yeah. There. I've still got all this energy. So yeah, I think that right back to that that change in my health is what's enabled me to do what I'm doing now. I think think that answered those questions. <laughs> Sorry. As I said, you know, I am still learning. This is my first podcast, so I clearly need to work on my hosting skills a little bit with those questions. Um, but, you know, this is where we can casually drop into conversation that uh, when I decided to do this podcast, literally two days ago, uh, you were the first person I contacted, even over Google. Terry yeah. over Google. Exactly. Well, I have my uses. There's not a lot, but there's a few. <laughs> In terms of the podcast, do you feel like you need to prepare yourself differently? It's very different to your kind of like driving instructor work and like when you're preparing to go and do lessons for the day, you know, that's very different to maybe podcasting. Do you need a different sort of energy or, you know, how do you, what, how do the two differentiate in terms of what you need to do for your health? It's it's actually surprisingly similar. Mm. Um, a podcast, I'll generally be recording with someone for, or I'll be, you know, in contact with someone for about 90 minutes. Yeah. My last driving lesson is usually 90 minutes or two hours. Podcasting, I will generally let the guests speak more. That's the premise behind most of the shows. I will ask the questions, I will steer the conversation, but they will talk more. Driving lessons are the same thing. My role isn't to sit here and give them all information. My role is to, oh, what's the cheesy phrase? Uh, I'm not putting the learning in, I'm getting the learning out. So it's to get yeah. them talking more. So in that sense, it's quite a similar role. Similar. They're both quite sedentary. Uh, the problem I've got 
at the minute is uh, I've just been diagnosed with sciatica, which is mm. it's quite cool. So sitting down is fine. When mm. I get back out of the car after the lessons, that's a nightmare. But, yeah, it's that transition from sitting to standing, which yeah. is not great for sciatica, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm just going to make sure you stop recording when I stand up so you don't see me fall over again. <laughs> <laughs> But, but so yeah, the, the 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 sort of the principle behind it is is the same. There will be some stretches. Before, like today, I mm-hmm. did some little stretches before I sat down for here. I made sure that I've been out and got some air. Make sure that I've got some water, which is the same thing before I, I do a driving lesson. When we sw- switched off, I will go outside. Well, maybe not because it just started snowing oddly. But I will generally go outside, or I'll I'll just go to a different room, or mm-hmm. you know, go and completely change topic and go talk to my wife about something completely random just to get my brain yeah. away from this give my brain a minute and then then I can move on to the move on to the next thing and I think that's a big thing it's stepping away and changing your brain focus because for example on the driving lessons I need to be pretty switched on because if something goes wrong that doesn't end well (laughs) especially if we're doing stuff more more high speed so there can be quite a long period of that time where my brain is completely in focus so afterwards whether it's meditation or just a conversation about something else I need that that little shutdown yeah and again it just goes back to experimenting you know I've done a lot of podcasts now and it's learning how to handle them and how to be best prepared it's like i've always been off for decades i've been a morning person yeah but oddly when i record in the morning they're never as good right and i'm not sure why i think it's the concentration over that long period perhaps mm-hmm. yeah. and i'm not quite settled in so i found that my best recording time is is early to, to mid-afternoon um, oh, yeah, i mean i won't record elsewhere but that just seems to be what works for me yeah interesting couple of things I uh, obviously I won't be able to do this with every guest, but um, I thought I would share with everyone one of my most kind of prominent memories of you when I was working with you, um, which you might want to talk a little bit about. You had to isolate, didn't you? Because obviously there are people in your household that you definitely don't want to get COVID. And there's a couple of things. The first thing is we let you just sort of kind of run riot in the Facebook group and just go live whenever you liked because we knew how bored you were going to be. Because this is in, we're talking early isolation, aren't we? Where you had to isolate for like two weeks or something ridiculous. Um, But you isolated in one room in your house, but still managed to do 20,000 steps some days and that is my memory of you is like I was like I remember talking to you and I was like why have you done 20,000 or how have you done 20,000 steps in just a regular size lounge so that's my overriding memory of you Terry maybe you can talk a little bit about that I mean I'm glad that of all the things we discussed and all the time we spent together that's your overriding memory um it was yeah, it was it was the um, what Christmas would it have been twenty 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 yeah yeah. So I found out I'd been with a student, mm. and after the lesson, she'd taken a test, and she'd turned out to be positive. So I actually found out that I'd been spent two hours, well, four hours in Carver actually, uh, before I'd been in contact with anyone else. I was mm. sat in Tesco's car park and hadn't got out of the car mm. yet. So I've gone home. I'm like, so, said to my wife, I'm going to have to. I'll go into the room because my wife is is quite vulnerable. Uh, and yeah, I spent I was either ten or fourteen years. I can't remember in the the living room by myself. Mm and hated every single second of it I could it not settle difficult. yeah I just could not sell at all I couldn't watch I couldn't read um so yeah I spent most of the time pacing and I set myself a challenge just to do I think I started off with 10,000 steps and I want this to do a thousand extra each day mm-hmm. and yeah just pacing and it was just uh, I did not enjoy it in the slightest um I don't look back with any fondness or pride so thanks for bringing this up for me again um but it was 
my overriding memory because I was like, wow, like he's not he's not taking any shit. He's just like, so what if I'm in one room? I'm still going to do 20,000 yeah. steps. That was why. I, not because I was like, oh, do you remember how painful that was, Perry? <laughs> I, um, I think I went through two pairs of slippers that week. <laughs> Um, so yeah uh, it, it wasn't great it wasn't it wasn't fun but I got through it I think towards the end I settled down and I tried to use the time productively I think mm-hmm. I reduced my steps down to 15,000 a day in a living room and actually did. tried to do some work as well did you make a fort as well or have I I think you did didn't you I, I made a fort I think I um, broke Pornhub at one point <laughs> Um, yeah, I made a tower as well. I piled all my books up and I counted how many squares were on my ceiling. Yes, I remember that. Squares. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good times. Roll. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Terry. Just one final question I have for you. If you could give any health tip, what do you think is the most impactful or important thing, health tip? It's a big question. It's a big question because I don't necessarily think there is one thing that's going to work for everyone. Mm -hmm. So I suppose my thing would actually be just do what's right for you. You know, take a step back, analyse where your weak points are, analyse what you're struggling with, and then experiment and just play about what's right with you. When I go back to my example of time between lessons, you know, I did 15 minutes and I kept up in it. And and now sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's 90 minutes. And I never would have done that. It's ridiculous, mm. but it's the biggest benefit to me of anything health, probably the single biggest benefit of any health size I've done because it enables me to get my steps. It enables me to get some fluid in, enables me to have something, you know, nice to eat. Do you yogurt in Morrison's car park, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's not going to be right for everyone. There will be some, and choose driving instructors as an example, there will be some instructors out there that will work better by going bang, 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 lessons done, um, then do all the stuff while they're there. Yeah. And if that's what works for them, then brilliant. But I think it's just taking a step back and not just doing what everyone else says, taking Mm. a step back and doing what works for you. And if that means you've got to hire someone like a Haley to to help you actually knuckle down into that and work out which gas stoves to turn on and off, then then go with that. If you can do it yourself, then then do it yourself but start off just by taking a step back and looking at the little things that you can change to improve yourself yeah awesome that's awesome advice terry don't know who taught you that but they must have been pretty awesome too (laughs) we're not having a love fest so i'm not sure So uh, before we end the show, I am just going to let you know that um, you can listen to all of Terry's podcasts via the the usual podcast mediums. Um, And in the show notes, I will put a link to all of those. So it just remains for me to say thank you very much, Terry, for popping my cherry, Terry, my podcast, Terry. can't believe you made that rhyme. Um, but I, I am genuinely delighted and chuffed that you give me the privilege of popping your cherry. Thank you so much. I think we'll leave it there. If, um, if that isn't the title of the show, I won't be happy. 